98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, officials announced the first coronavirus death in Hong Kong. Public hospitals are hit hard on the second day of a medical worker strike and the central government admits to failings in its handling of the outbreak. Hong Kong has recorded its first death from the Wuhan coronavirus. The man, who had an underlying illness, lived in Wampol Garden. The hospital authorities said he fell ill last week after returning from Wuhan by train. It's the second known fatality from the virus outside of the mainland, after the Philippines announced the death of a Chinese man on Sunday. Alex Price reports. The 39-year-old resident had taken high-speed train G306 from Hong Kong to Wuhan on January the 21st and returned from Changsha Nan to Hong Kong on train G79 two days later. He fell ill with muscle pain and fever and was initially treated at Queen Elizabeth Hospital before being moved to the isolation ward at Princess Margaret. The Centre for Health Protection said he hadn't visited any healthcare facilities, wet markets or seafood markets or had any exposure to wild animals during the incubation period. The man's mother has also been confirmed to have the Wuhan virus. She was first put into a quarantine camp before being sent to hospital after developing fever and a cough. The 72-year-old, who also has underlying illness, was transferred to Princess Margaret Hospital on Sunday. The hospital authority says some emergency services have been seriously affected due to the absence of a large number of striking medical staff. It said A&E wards can only provide emergency services and that non-urgent patients should seek private treatment. The strike organisers say as many as 9,000 staff are set to join a second day of industrial action today. The Hospital Authority Employees Alliance is trying to press the government for a complete border shutdown to prevent the spread of the Wuhan virus outbreak. The hospital authority said around 2,700 staff, including 300 doctors and nurses, took part in yesterday's strike. Ivan Law, the vice chairman of the alliance, says more patients will be affected today. The efficiency of some emergency service uh, may be affected. Um, for example, the, there was six or two, seven nurses working in a ward uh, that contained about 50 patients. And... In the AM ship and the PM ship, there will be six to seven nurses to take care of the patient. Uh, but it, it will down to two to three, uh, just like the night shift, so that the uh, efficiency will go down. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says her policy in dealing with the outbreak is to react to developments as the situation changes. Yesterday, Mrs Lam announced that all checkpoints would now close, except Sunjun Bay, the Zhuhai Macau Bridge and the airport. Mrs Lam was asked why the government had waited nearly a week before making the additional closures. The situation of the coronavirus uh, infection is evolving. So our public health strategy is to um, ensure that we could speedily respond to the changing situation and implement as quickly as possible the necessary response measures. So uh, since uh, the 25th of January, four announcements of various measures have been made in line with that strategy. So um, I certainly would not agree with the uh, uh, allegation that uh, we are um, sort of uh, not addressing this public health concern adequately. Mrs Lam also called on medical workers intending to strike to have a change of heart, saying critical hospital services have been affected. She praised those staff who continued working and urged striking workers to prioritise patients' health. The um, consequences yesterday were quite serious. Important services 
uh, critical uh, operations have been affected, whether it is in the uh, neonatal uh, ICUs, in the isolation wards, or patients awaiting uh, certain uh, cancer treatments. All these have been affected. So I, I, I'm appealing to those who are taking part in this action that let's put the interests of the patients and the entire public health system above all other things. Meanwhile, about a thousand striking medical workers have staged a rally at the hospital authority's headquarters and submitted petitions to the management to air their grievances. Ms Wong is a nurse at a newborn baby intensive care unit at Prince of Wales Hospital. She said, like Carrie Lam, she too is worried about babies receiving poorer care because of the strike. But she says it's exactly for their safety that staff have to press ahead with the action. We don't have these resources. So it's high risk for everyone in the hospital, especially uh, if there's mothers that is uh, carrying the pneumonia and back to Hong Kong and give birth of the baby and we don't have the correct information of the travel history. So we don't know the baby is carrying it or not, and it enters the ICU, and all the other babies they suffer. This is why we have to strike for our right. More than 420 people are now known to have died from the virus on the mainland, with more than 20,000 infected. The new figures come after the Politburo Standing Committee admitted that the epidemic has exposed the government's shortcomings and deficiencies. The BBC's Celia Hatton reports. It was a rare admission of wrongdoing by the seven men who sit right at the top of China's ruling Communist Party. Headlining the state news agency website, a speech from the Chinese president Xi Jinping admitting that more must be done to ban illegal wildlife markets where the virus is believed to have originated and to improve the public health system. Beijing is scrambling to show it's doing all it can amid persistent criticisms on Chinese social media that it's failing. More than 8,000 hospital staff have been sent to the virus epicenter in the province of Hubei, though many local citizens still complain that they're struggling to get medical attention. The last British governor of Hong Kong says it'll be difficult to restore faith in the police without a transparent accounting. Chris Patton made the comment as he again called on Carrie Lam's administration to hold an independent inquiry into the anti-government protests of the past eight months. Sean Kennedy has more. Delivering Hong Kong Watch's inaugural Paddy Ashdown Memorial Lecture in London, Chris Patton said an independent inquiry, reform of public order legislation and political reforms should all form part of a roadmap towards the reconciliation of Hong Kong society. He also warned that it would be difficult to restore faith in the police without a transparent accounting. Lord Patton compared such an inquiry with the commission that he led in Northern Ireland which reformed the police. He also called for political reform, including a possible amnesty, and rejected the idea that anti-subversive legislation or patriotic education would help to reunite society. He said he wasn't arguing for a boycott of the mainland or an attempt to cut China off from the rest of the international community, but only wanted Beijing to be encouraged to play by the same international rules as the rest of the world. The British government says it'll move swiftly to end the automatic release from prison of people convicted of terror offences. It follows an attack in London on Sunday in which a radicalised Islamist stabbed two people before being shot dead by police. Sudesh Aman was under police surveillance, having been automatically freed from jail recently. 
After more than a year of campaigning and over 800 million US dollars spent, contenders for the US Democratic Party presidential nomination face their first actual vote in the coming hours. The caucuses in Iowa will see registered Democrats gather in public buildings in more than 1,600 precincts statewide and publicly choose between 11 national candidates. The front runners are Senator Bernie Sanders and the former Vice President Joe Biden. On the final day of hearings in the impeachment trial of President Trump, Democratic prosecutors have urged senators to remove him from office. The BBC's Ben Wright is in Washington. While President Trump will almost certainly be acquitted by the Republican-led Senate on Wednesday, the team of Democratic prosecutors made a final plea for conviction. Adam Schiff said President Trump was a man without character or ethical compass who could not be trusted to do the right thing. The Senate voted on Friday not to hear from any new witnesses, accelerating the end of only the third impeachment trial in US history. Making their final argument, President Trump's defence team again denied his actions amounted to an impeachable offence and urged senators to leave it to their voters to pick the president. Scientists have promised to intensify the fight against HIV after the failure in South Africa of a three-year trial of one of the most promising experimental vaccines. The trial, involving more than 5,000 people, has been abandoned after more people who received the vaccine became infected than those given a placebo. South Africa has one of the world's highest rates of HIV. Susan Bookbinder, a leading HIV expert with the San Francisco Department of Public Health, said research would continue. The only way that we've really controlled multiple infectious diseases is through the use of a vaccine. So we think that a vaccine plays a critical role in controlling the HIV epidemic. What we need is a global vaccine that could be administered ideally optimally in childhood that would provide lifelong protection. That's what we're really working towards. Malawi's constitutional court has annulled the results of May's presidential election, which was narrowly won by the incumbent Peter Mutharika. The judge said there were widespread irregularities, with only a quarter of the vote tally sheets verified and correction fluid used to alter results. The BBC's Andrew Harding reports. Malawi must now hold new elections later this year, and the winner of the presidential vote must now get over 50%, a ruling that could boost the chances of an opposition coalition. The international community has now urged Malawians to remain calm following months of street protests and rising tensions. This is only the second time an election result has been overturned by the courts in sub-Saharan Africa. President Peter Mutharika may yet seek to appeal this judgment. To business news, Google's parent company Alphabet has reported an 18% rise in annual revenue, earning $162 billion in 2019. However, shares fell on the news as the company's revenue growth was lower than investors had predicted. Sundar Pichai, the chief executive of Alphabet and Google, said investments in artificial intelligence provided a strong base for continued growth. Mr Pichai indicated that the further development of YouTube was a priority. The site generated $15 billion in advertising revenue last year. Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,683. That's 326 points up on the previous close. And now with the sports news, here's Joanne Wong. 
Football first, and Paris Saint-Germain will play Nantes early tomorrow morning, Hong Kong time, without Neymar. PSG say the Brazilian suffered a ribcage cartilage injury during Saturday's league on game against Montpellier. The news comes just a day after the star player hosted a lavish party at a Parisian nightclub for his 28th birthday. Team coach Thomas Tuchel has said the event, to which Neymar invited all his teammates, would not influence his squad selection for the Nantes match. The Premier League is enjoying its first season hiatus, although FA Cup replays have got in the way. Liverpool look to be sticking with their plan to field their reserve side when they host Shrewsbury at Anfield. Manager Jurgen Klopp says he won't be there because the Premier League has asked clubs to respect the new winter break. That means under-23s coach Neil Critchley will be in charge, just as he was for December's League Cup defeat at Ashton Villa when the first team were at the Club World Cup. So what does he think about Klopp's decision? I think the manager's made his, you know, he's quite clear uh, with the statement and the, what he said prior to the game. He gives myself, the staff, the players, he gives us unbelievable support. So I can speak to him whenever I like when I'm down here. He supports the young players unbelievably well, as he's shown so far this season. Um, his presence, even if he isn't there, his presence is, is always felt by our younger players and by me, myself. and. I also think that maybe 1% that came into his thinking um, around his decision that um, the way we played against Aston Villa maybe for uh, the boys deserved another opportunity. China's anti-doping agency is reported to be the latest victim of the Wuhan virus. AFP has quoted the International Testing Agency as saying it has temporarily suspended testing less than six months before the Tokyo Olympics. Sean Kennedy has more. AFP quoted the agency as saying that the move reflected caution and the importance of maintaining public health. The International Testing Agency also said it's examining whether private providers can conduct tests. The coronavirus has also forced the cancellation of a string of sports events in China. All domestic football has been suspended and other events have either been cancelled or postponed, including the World Indoor Athletics Championships, qualifiers for the Tokyo Olympics boxing and women's basketball, as well as cycling's tour of Hainan. The China Open for snooker, badminton's China Masters and golf's LPGA Blue Bay tournament have all been cancelled and the Chinese Formula E Grand Prix in March was called off on Sunday. In rugby, former Wigan prof Gabriel Hamlin has been hit with a two-year suspension after testing positive for cocaine that he claimed was passed on by a kiss. Hamlin was suspended by the Rugby Football League last April after being charged by UK anti-doping. It said a urine sample it gave after Wigan's second Super League match of 2019 against Leeds contained a metabolite of cocaine. Hamlin's ban will end in February next year. And that's your look at sport. Thanks, Joanne. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Officials announced the first coronavirus death in Hong Kong. Public hospitals are hit hard on the second day of a medical workers' strike and the central government admits to failings in its handling of the outbreak. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Sadi Osmani, sitting in for Noreen Mir again. Yes, I'm afraid you're going to have to put up with me. And it's always nice to sit in on the hot speed, especially on a Tuesday, because we're talking food and drink. And you know that's one of my favorite subjects. Now, just after 1.30 today, Hong Kong-born Christian Monjondre, chef extraordinaire when it comes to delicious plant-based menus. He's traveled far and wide and has a wealth of culinary experience. And he's now back in Hong Kong to get healthy food into people and people into healthy food with Treehouse, his new venture. I'll be finding out more about his ambitions and inspiration in just uh, about 10 minutes or so, just after 10, just after 1.30 today. And then after 2 p.m., food and drinks reporter Andrew Dembino talks to Dave Powell, winemaker at Powell & Son uh, in the Barcosa, Barosa Valley about Australian wine. So now, what more can you ask for on a Tuesday afternoon? No, no, actually, don't say anything, please. It is soul food. <laughs> 